How would the world change if you were an exceptional communicator? You said it the way you said it because that's the way it needs to be said in the moment. It's all about showing rather than telling people. The whole idea was to create bingeable content. You don't have to spend millions of dollars. You spill the production to get an outcome. Within 24 hours of opening that email, we could tell they are watching that full 20 minutes. And video is the most powerful tool for convincing and converting. So we are in the driver's seat. Hello, video marketing professionals, and welcome to the podcast that takes the mystery out of producing videos. I'm your host, Chris Schwager, and today our guest is Yoni Kosminski from Melbourne, Australia, and now, as I just realized, based in Israel. He is founder and CEO of Escala, a management consulting firm for Amazon and e-commerce businesses, and Multiply Me, an end-to-end executive recruitment and HR solution that connects top talent from the Philippines. He spent a decade in digital marketing and creative advertising globally, developing digital strategy for the likes of Mercedes-Benz, MasterCard and Sony. Back in 2018, Yoni was able to expand an e-commerce Amazon business from two to five million in just 12 months. Wow, what an achievement. He's grown a scala and multiplying me from a four-man team to over 250 people on payroll supporting more than 75 businesses responsible for more than 500 million dollars in annual revenue so to learn how to scale your business let's chat to yoni what inspires you to focus on consulting and recruiting markets so i guess it comes down to effectively my mission-driven objective, and that's how to create gainful employment. So for me, you know, the metric and, and what you read out is to, it's actually now 300 people on payroll since I sent over that information. It's about having the ability to help make sure people are getting fair pay and opportunities. So that's what drives all of this. How are you able to expand an e-commerce business from two to five million? In 12 months. That sounds like we work or something like that to me. We crash. (laughs) Come on, give it to me, man. Tell me. (laughs) It's it's actually uh, funny that you mentioned that. My parents were watching We Crash uh, this week and they said, geez, it sounds like you. We were a little bit concerned about you, mate. If you you had more of an ego, we'd really be worried. But um, look, I'll be honest uh, with you. When it comes to Amazon, having a decade of experience in creative advertising and digital marketing growing up in the agency space, you know, it was almost a step down. It was how to build effective systems and process and bring in the right movers and shakers and team members sitting in the right seats to help actually create focus and drive the business forward. And especially at that time in 2018, Amazon, I mean, it's still, I would argue it's still nascent. There's still so much opportunity to sell on Amazon, super capital intensive, obviously, when you're a product-based business in e-commerce, but ultimately it's a closed system. And you know, I don't know what your listeners are like when it comes to their understanding of conversion rates and things like that. But just to give a bit of perspective, you know, when I stepped in, website conversion, typical website, something good, you're looking at one to 3%. You know, getting 3%, you're pretty well happy with that. I stepped into Amazon and I was seeing, I literally I said to one of the original founders of this business, you know, something's not right here. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm seeing conversion rates of 20, 25%. And he said, 
yeah, it's a little down at the moment. I said, forget building out a D2C brand. That was my intention. I said, we'll just grow a massive D2C brand. We've got amazing traction already. And uh, I said, forget everything I've said. We're focused 100% on Amazon and we're just going to get this machine going. And that was that was really it, was bringing in the right people, the right systems and the right processes and having clear focus on, on whatever objective was. How do you know if a business is ready to scale? Yeah, that's a great question. So broad stroke you know, there's different, there's service-based businesses, there's SaaS companies. You've obviously got what you guys are doing in terms of film production and editing. I think that the first thing is understanding that product market fit. So have I found the right audience and is there real traction? You know, there's, I mean, again, going to maybe not WeCrash or, or WeWork is a good example. The irony that I'm recording from a WeWork uh, right now is just uh, not, not lost on me at least. <laughs> but um but and 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 he was an Israeli guy as well. So uh here we go. But um ultimately raising tons of capital, which is you know, we're bootstrapped, but a lot of people will raise tons of capital before they even have that product market fit and uh, uh, driving belief. Understanding your customers and a friend of mine I said, You should you should, you know, really make this a quote of yours. He said to me, I I don't know your customers as well as your customers know your business. And Ultimately, when you find that product market fit, that's that should be the signifier to say, right, we're onto something here. It's having deep impact and meaning for the people that are rendering our solutions, whatever that looks like. And that's where it's about building that plan and getting the systems in place to actually build that future state vision. So, you know, no one's going to, you're not driving anywhere quickly unless you have clarity on what that direction and what that goal looks like. So, you know, I, I could go on about this topic for a long time, but I know you've got a few questions up your sleeve. Well, in scaling businesses then, on that note, where do people really struggle the most? Yeah. So, great question again. <laughs> people, 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 I didn't write them. People, <laughs> well, no credit team, here. If you're listen, team, if you're listening in, you've done fantastic work, great research. That really is the challenge, right? I think a lot of people who start a business, especially as, say, an owner-operator, and I say a lot of this in the Amazon space, is you get to a certain ceiling of ability where you can no longer hold control of every aspect. You know, If you're sitting there as a micromanager trying to deliver, it's never going to scale. You and your time and your input is not a scalable solution. So when it talks to building scale and one of my businesses, Escala, is a process improvement management consulting practice. We take historically a lot of our methodology out of Ernst & Young, and now we've built on top of it over the last couple of years, our own methodologies on how we build it. But looking at it simply, having clear guidance and direction on what the goal is and working backwards and then implementing what we would say is a perfect system. So a perfect system to us is the harmony between people, process, and technology coming together. So understanding what piece of technology I can use, what are the individuals or what are the seats that I need to fill in order for those processes to be built to drive the technology in the right way. And if you have any one of those three key pillars not in alignment, you're going to have challenges. So that would be the short of it. Well, this is a video show and we interviewed David Jennings couple of months back regarding using Loom recording and systemizing and putting practices in place with videos. What role do you think videos can play in scaling businesses and finding talent? Yeah. I mean, that's a revolutionary tool, Loom. That has changed the game for us, for our clients. We are huge believers in video production and its impact in, in 
virtually every aspect. So when you ask the question, what role does video play in scaling a business? So when we document processes in our consulting business, we believe that no video should be more than three to five minutes long so that when you're looking to re-record, you're not having these huge chunks of time. So literally every single team member that joins our company goes through an onboarding process where there's sequences of videos to help automate and systemize that and effectively understand what does that journey look like? You know, you can take it from the marketing perspective. There's nothing more powerful in communicating storytelling, which is what everything's about, right? It's all about storytelling when you talk about business and the journey that we're all on in life and in business. And it's very hard to disseminate between the two. They are so closely linked, but promotion of your brand, you know, there's nothing more authentic and there is no format of media consumed more than that of video. And I'll finish with this one. We are extremely lazy as it looks like as we are in humanity in its current state so people are looking for the easy option if you're going to produce video content that's the thing that's going to be the most digestible putting it on something like youtube is evergreen unlike a facebook instagram or pinterest or wherever you're going to house it so it's extremely powerful i mean you know i could go on for a long time about this too we'll be back in a short moment with yoni kosminski Working remotely using video or producing videos at scale means adopting new processes. Nowadays, video is everything and do-it-yourself videos should be easy and they should work. The Rich Films DIY video program is the easiest way to personalize your sales and marketing. You'll be able to produce sales, video emails, record regular social media updates, and of course, look and sound amazing in every video meeting without the tech hassles. Create your own professional videos with a push of a button and go to ridgefilms.com.au slash DIY. Obviously, you've touched on professional video marketing, really. You've touched on processes and using Loom and, you know, those short, not short-lived videos, but the videos you don't, you know, you're not going to produce produce them heavy. It's more about documenting information. Where, where does personalization come into this and, and you know, recording videos f- for single people. I mean, I, it's just right up my alley at the moment because there's so, still so much talk about, vo- no, actually, there's not so much talk. <laughs> let me qualify and let me give you a, a situation here. I've been asked to speak and one of the topics that they put forward for me was, oh, talk about viral video. So like, nobody gives a shit about viral video, right? <laughs> like, you know, quite frankly, yeah, would they be better to know actually how they integrate video so that it actually draws people closer to their business and makes better connections and, and makes uh, their systems more efficient? Then that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about TikTok, right? So, <laughs> I guess where I'm going here is like where a big part of that is one-on-one personalized video which i kind of equate to being the new viral you know if you can if you can actually pull someone in it's an audience of one but you close the deal then that's the best video in the world right do you have capacity do you have space for that type of content yeah again nailing the questions i would say i'm actually going to draw upon when we before we hit record i had a guest yesterday has really reframed the way in which i'm thinking about how i want to live my life and how purposeful I want to be an intentional. And he said that he has built teams around him where what he's able to do in a day, he said it takes him 30 to 40 minutes a day and he will shoot out 240 15 second Mm. clips to all of the people that are in his network, creating real, genuine, authentic 
personal connection. And wow. I'm going to mess this one up here because uh, I heard literally the concept for the first time yesterday. But he has what he calls the wedge of despair, potentially. And what he talks about is his whole uh, his whole focus is on customer journey and what the experience is like with the brand. And what he said is the further away you are from actually those interactions. So if we speak to each other on LinkedIn for the first time and I don't hear from you for another six months, you know, it's just created distance and an ability for me to lack or, or believe that there's a lack of authenticity in, in you or brand you or your brand. So coming back and, and, and bringing this all together, the ability to produce bespoke video that's directly targeted at an individual so that it resonates with them through that visual storytelling and that communication and that authenticity. I mean, you'd struggle to find anything that will have more meaning and impact and have a stronger ROI, if you will, on, on what it will do for your business. We've been doing it for two years. I mean, relatively similar to the sort of COVID timeline, if you like, but <clears throat> it has changed everything. We don't communicate now by reactive telephone calls to inquiries, for instance. We go back with the video immediately. So an inquirer would come in, you know, within the hour, they've got a 30-second video just for them, personalized, to say, hey, book in when it's convenient for both of us because you're busy, I'm busy, but let's make it mutual and let's start this relationship professionally. Videos on uh, LinkedIn, similar thing. So even outreaching for guests in this podcast, we do personalized videos in InMail to do that. And, you know, the wow, the wow factor of this stuff, so surprised that more and more businesses aren't, well, they're not aware of it. And I guess sort of condense their ideas about video to, oh, well, isn't that something that sits on YouTube or your homepage or Facebook or whatever? They actually don't understand that, that videos can sell for you. Like videos can actually glue, you know, gaps and problems and challenges in processes that you have in your business and allow you so much more leverage and allow you to be there without being there. And by the time you do connect with that person, the rapport is already partly built. It's an amazing thing. There's a real gap in people's understanding, but it's... um. Yeah, you know, up to us, I guess, to try and advocate and get that message out there. I'd build on top of that and say, you know, in a two, two and a half year period, whenever this whole all started, when we talk about the pandemic, you know, the feeling of isolation and the lack of human interaction builds. And so to be able to bring a video directed specifically at an individual that feels closer and more authentic and more connected probably has had you know more meaning now than it ever has in history so i'd be shocked if you haven't absolutely ballooned out and grown you know incredibly quickly over this time because there's probably never been a time where it's been more needed in in, in our history since yeah. the digital age has, has come yeah yeah that there is you're right and the need now as well as is changing from this concept of well isn't a webcam enough to no it's not enough because now i've got to bring not only uh, a professional attitude professional appearance but i also need to upgrade my professional image and a webcam is just clearly <laughs> not cutting it um so we're actually picking up a lot of business from those that need to step shit up you know they need to they need better quality video record video zoom um, calls they need better quality 
recordings and in, internal training that they're doing or external training even, and also this ability to then sell and do wonderful things within, within email that they've never even kind of considered before, um, which has been a, 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 di- a different approach. I think ultimately people are always intrinsic about what how to improve the cut through and uh, sometimes it's the simplest ideas that can have the maximum impact Um, so look back to went on a bit of a derailment there but how important is it for startups or even established business owners to have a coach or consultant to help them with things like what we've just been chatting about a personal perspective, and I can only give you my lens. I have a mentor that I sit with every week. I'm part of several masterminds. Right. I have, you know, so I would say in terms of my personal and professional growth and development, I mean, if I can speak to someone who's been there and has done that, we're currently building a board of advisors, you know, I'm not trying to make the mistakes that others have made before me. And if I can shortcut my learning, to have impact in coming back to my mission and creating more opportunities for more people that I'm going to do that. I feel a direct accountability and responsibility to do everything that I can to further my personal and professional growth and live in my, my truth and, and live my 10 year plan, so to speak. So, you know, um, critical, you know, I'm constantly looking for them. So this is, uh, you know, could be perceived as being a quite a sort of sort of obvious question, but it's very hard in Australia for people to come to terms with the fact that they don't know everything, <laughs> and that they sometimes have to drop their guard, put up their hand, and go, "Oh, will someone just bloody well help me, please?" You know. So why? <laughs> yeah. Why I guess is it important to scale correctly? Yeah. So. I would say it's important to scale. And again, it comes down to what you are trying to achieve in Mm. your life. You know, the two biggest levers that you will pull in your lifetime are going to be either time or money, right? You always want to be able to buy more time. You know, every entrepreneur that you'll ever come across is, I want my freedom, I want my time, and I want to make more money. So when it talks about, when you talk about scaling effectively you know i have you know a pretty large team i'm running multiple businesses i'm still able to wake up in the morning i've got an eight week old i'm still able to wake up in the morning do the morning feed take my dog with me for a walk i spend four hours with them in the morning till i come to the office at 10 and the most important thing and the only reason why this works is because i have built an incredible leadership team around me that have built the systems and the processes that allow me to live a lifestyle that is not, you know, anyone who's glorifying the the hustle culture, you know, don't. It is not sustainable. And I've lived that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying I'm holier than now. When I was starting the business, I was doing your 20-hour days and I was, you know, I was seven days a week, every waking minute. How do I, how do I, how do I? And at some point, there's, there's that breaking point. And, you know, I'm really fortunate that I invest in my education. You can see over my shoulder yes. right now, there's a book called uh, EOS, Traction, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. So I actually flew to an event in Orlando last week to see uh, the EOS conference and see Gina Wickman, the, the guy who wrote the book and also the EOS Life and Rocket Fuel and a bunch of these other books. And, you know, 
it, it just helps guide me so deeply in understanding that I love what I do every day, but I want to create balance and I want to have meaning and purpose in my life. And I want to invest the time in the things that are important. That's my family. Yeah. So coming back to it, why is scale important? Scale is important or building for scale is important in, so that you can design your life in a way. And not just for you, but for me, I look at my entire team. I want them to live their best life first and foremost. And a really simple logic, if I look after my team, they'll look after the business and therefore me. And 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 that's it. Congratulations, by the way, on your eight-week-old. And Thank you. To make, anyone with kids knows how tough it can be to, to juggle. I've got two little ones hovering around somewhere. I'm sure they'll be busting through the door in, in moments. <laughs> how good is that? <laughs> but... Um, I'm interested to know who was the guy that you were talking to yesterday so that maybe the audience can can latch on to your podcast and listen. His name's George Bryant, and I think it would be great to have him on because just wow. I mean, I typically like to record for about 30 minutes. <laughs> that podcast went for an hour and 10, an hour and 15. Yeah. I just- Wow. I was- I just was living every minute and I didn't want him to get off and yeah. he was happy- to oblige you just yeah incredible and for my listeners or our listeners i should say tell them about your podcast for a second yeah so the podcast that i started about a year and a half ago now is called successful scales and it's all really about the entrepreneurship journey on talking to people who have built large businesses and and i i go a pretty broad gamut so I'll tell you guys openly, don't listen to the early episodes. They're pretty shit. Um, but, you know, like everything, you get a lot better. So, as you get past sort of episode 30, they start to improve. It's up to probably 82 now. And I'd actually happy to send sort of, I can send you a best of best of podcast or the ones that will resonate most. But ultimately, I'm getting anyone from, you know, people that have raised hundreds of millions of dollars to people that have built billion-dollar companies to large e-commerce businesses to people that are a little bit more tactical helping educate you on how to scale your business from a from a position of a specific you know line of questioning so it might be the psychology behind it it might be their culture and the team it might be the media spend it might be anything like that well, I'm keen to listen, and I'm sure uh, if you like what you hear today, then shoot over and uh, and have a listen to that podcast. So I've only got one more question before we wrap up, and that is why Philippines? Why choose the Philippines as the talent pool for Multiply Me? I had a really profound experience probably four or five years ago when I started working more heavily with the Philippines. I found talent. So there's like a bunch of websites that you can find talent uh, out of the Philippines. I like to call onlinejobs.ph, the gateway drug to the Philippines, where you find talent that's just good enough to do some baseline tasks. And that's where you get sort of this VA culture, which which I hate. Uh, you know, you'll never hear me say that we place VAs. That's not what we do. We find high level professional talent that live in the Philippines. The Philippines resonates with me for many, many reasons, but just to build sort of the 10,000 foot picture, you know, you've got a population of 120 million people. Wow. In, Inside of that population, anyone who, uh, 95% are college educated or above, as in inside of the, not inside of the 120 million people, of the people that are working in the business process outsourcing space, 
Of them, all of that education is done in English. So they grow up speaking English. So there's none of that language barrier. I have like a bit of a weird American accent, if I if I admit. Um, but but ultimately, it's the motive, the intrinsic motivators. So it's about loyalty and integrity. It's super non-confrontational. Uh, attention to detail is highest out of probably almost any other culture. So what you find is a highly motivated, loyal educated and capable driven team and so i owe all of my success to the philippines and you know i will sing that message for for the rest of my days and lastly again coming back to the multiply me business and why we built it i understood that a lot of people enter the bpo space and take a pay cut working with foreign entities i asked my early team members that i took from the previous company that scaled from two to five million i said what were you getting paid at your absolute maximum when you're working corporate Philippines. And it was about three times higher than what we were paying them then. Hmm. Plus they had healthcare, social security, HMO, PhilHealth, 13th month and Pagibig. And I said, I don't want to live in a reality where you have to, where you have to sacrifice a single dollar because the cost of living there is 50 to 80% lower anyway. So even with all of these benefits, you're still looking at probably a quarter of the price of what you would pay someone in Australia or the US uh, and some of the top talent, maybe a third. Um, I mean, there's people, honestly, if, if, if I'm honest, that, that I pay more than I pay myself right now in the Philippines, that's just how good they are mm. and they deserve every cent. Mm. They're balling out, uh, let's put it that way. But but that's really, I mean, you can hear the passion in my voice. I, yeah. I have just a deep affinity. Man, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate and the ethic, work ethic you know, some people here is <laughs> so like entitled, it's ridiculous. Uh, bitch, bitch and moan because they couldn't get their second investment property, you know. It's like, relax, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What's crazy to, to, to lean on that point is I think one of the biggest concerns I have is making sure that they're not overcommitted to the hours that they're working. You know, when I'm seeing them checking in at two, three in the morning, it's like we've we've built company policy. Like when we send a Slack message, there's no expectation to respond right away. And and to the point now where it's like, if you respond in hours that are like really not appropriate, say two through 6 a.m., we'll dock at you. We'll find you. Like that is not okay. You need to switch off. You need to be focused on living a healthy work-life balance. And Yoni, tell us how our audience can reach you. So if you're interested in Escala or in Multiply Me, check out the websites. I'm sure you'll, you're smart enough to have show notes, so you'll probably find them in there. If you're looking to speak to me directly, I'm always open. If I've got time on the calendar, just Yoni at Multiply Me or weareescala.com and off you go. Well, this has been a lot of fun, a lot of similar journeys i think which has been awesome and um thank you for sharing your time so the best part about this episode is just definitely looking at ways to scale the input of your business by tapping the global market and using videos as a way to do that thanks for tuning in that's all for this episode of video made simple podcast and see you next week 